Shalom to all. Today's office Psachim Dav Nun Gimel. We are starting seven lines from the top of the third word on the line. Today's office sponsored Le'ilu Nishmas, Rezel Krandel Basar Biyayna, her Neshama should have an Aliyah. Now we're still discussing Biyor, the time that Shemitah produce must be removed from one's house because there's no more of this kind out in the fields for the animals. And the Gemara says, Tan Rabbanon, Eichlin Ba'novim, People are allowed to eat the grapes that they have stored in their house until the vineyards of Eichel, that was an area that had a lot of vineyards, until they don't have any more grapes over there. If there are some vineyards that still have grapes in them, even later, after the ones of Eichel already are gone, then you're allowed to eat based off of those vineyards. Some people are allowed to eat the olives in their house until the last of the olives in Tekaya are gone. Tekaya is an area in Eretz that produces wonderful olive oil. Rabbi Lazar he says, until the last of the olives are gone from Goshchalav, which is a different area in Eretz What does that mean that the olives are gone? A poor person has to go out, and he doesn't find enough olives, he doesn't find not in the branches of the trees or at the base of the trees, a roiva, which is a certain amount of olives. A person can eat dried figs until the page basini, page are not fully ripened figs of basini until those are gone. Am Rabbi Yehuda, he counters and says, These page basini, these not fully ripened figs of basini were only mentioned in regards to miser. The Tanya, we have a brisa. The page basini, the non-ripened figs of basini and vahini de tuvina and non-ripened dates of tuvina, chayavim miser, they are chayavim miser, even though they're never going to fully ripen, nonetheless they're chayavim miser. However, this was never halacha taught in regards to Shemitah fruit. And we continue explaining something we mentioned previously. We're allowed to eat the dates in our house until the last of the dates are gone from the place called Sire. Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel, he said, A person is allowed to eat the dates in his house based off of the dates that are still being a keepin, that are among the branches of the trees. But one is not allowed to eat the dates based off of the ones that are left in the thorn-like protrusions around the trees. For many, we'll ask a stira. A person is allowed to eat grapes in their house up until Pesach. Olives, he's allowed to eat up until Figs are allowed to be eaten up until Hanukkah, but tomorrow I'm Purim, and dates are allowed to be eaten up until Purim. And Va'amar of Bibi, Rav Bibi said, Rabbi Yechanan switches around the last two ones of the Brisa, meaning figs are allowed to be eaten until Purim, and dates are allowed to be eaten until Hanukkah. But we see from here that no matter if you hold like Rabbi Yechanan or not, Everyone agrees that there's a specific time limit set to when you're allowed to eat these things, and nothing was mentioned about until the last of the dates are left on the trees in Sayar. So the Gemara answers, it's really the same exact shear. Saying that you're allowed to eat them up until Hanukkah or up until Purim is the same thing as saying that the dates are still left on the trees in Sire. Or alternatively, we could say, This Brasa says, You're allowed to eat them up until Hanukkah or Purim. However, if there are still dates that are left on the trees even after this time period, then you could eat even based off of those dates that are still left on the trees. And now once we had mentioned date trees, the Gemara teaches us something else. He teaches us, How do we know if something's a mountain? It has milin trees on it. How do we know if something's a valley? The column it has date palms. How do we know that something's a nachal? A stream, Kanimit has reeds growing there, and similar Shvela, how do we know something's considered plains? Shikmat has sycamore trees growing there. The Afalbisha even though we don't have a proof that a plain has to have sycamore trees on it, Sechlodavar, we have a hint to it. Shinemar says in the Pasik, the king made silver in Yushalaim, Ka'avanim, just like stones, Vesa Razim, Nasan Kishkamim, Ashirbashvela Lurav, and the cedars as abundant as the sycamores of the plain. So we see that plains have sycamores on them. And now the Gemara explains. Similar harm milin. 
mention that a mountain's got to have these milan trees on them, and similar makim to call him, a valley has to have these day palms, nafkamina. What's the nafkamina? Libikurim. Denon, we have a mishnah, enrivim, bikurim, el mishivis haminim. Bikurim is only brought from the seven species that Eretz Yisrael is praised with. And you're not allowed to bring dates from date palms that grow in the mountains. That's because mountains have milan trees on them, and date palms in the mountains aren't really good date palms. And not from produce, this is specifically referring to wheat and barley that grows in the valley. That's because valleys don't really grow wheat or barley so well. And what you should be bringing your bikurim from is the date palms that grow in the valley and not in the mountain. And similar in Chalim Kanim, we said that reeds grow in streams. Nafkamina, what's Nafkamina? Nachal Eisan. Nachal Eisan is a place that the Egla Rufa gets its neck chopped. And that means that this Nachal has to have reeds there. If it doesn't have reeds, then it's not a Nachal Eisan. And similar in Shvela, Shikma, we said that plains have sycamore trees. Nafkamina, what's the Nafkamina? Lamekachomemker, for buying and selling. If someone's trying to purchase or someone's trying to sell, Plains and they don't have sycamore trees on them, then that is not a valid sale. And Hashalah now that we've come to this conclusion, the nafkamina for all these is really mekachomemker. If someone tries to sell you a nachal and it doesn't have reeds in it, so it's not a valid sale. Same thing with mountains, it has to have milan, and same thing with valleys, they have to have date palms. You could buy any of these as long as they have the signifying feature. Whatever you do, don't buy the Brooklyn Bridge. And the Mishnah says, and in a place where they have the custom to sell small animals like goats and sheep to Gentiles, so then you're allowed to do so. Makam Shinagu Shalimkar, a place where they have a minute not to sell them, ain't Maikim, so then you are not allowed to sell them. Ubachal Makam and any area ain't Michael Magasa, you are not allowed to sell large animals to Gentiles. Agalamusyachim, calves or foals, a foal is a baby horse. Shlemim, if it's whole, if it's complete, that means it's good and healthy. Ushfurin, even if it's broken, meaning if it's maimed and it's not really in the best of health. Now, why is that that a person would not be allowed to sell large animals to a Gentile? That's because there's two potential issues. Firstly, if one is allowed to sell a large animal to a Gentile, he might lend or rent him one, and then the Gentile might do work with it on Shabbos. We know that there's a chiyav of shvises behemtai, a person's animal must rest on Shabbos. Second issue is that the Jew might sell an animal just before Shabbos, and the Gentile will ask for demonstration how to get this animal to move. You know that each animal has its own call or sign that gets it moving. The Jew might demonstrate already after Shabbos has begun, and then he's going to be either Mechamer, getting his animal to do work on Shabbos. So therefore, no selling large animals to Gentiles, and also no selling calves or foals. That's because once they grow up, a person might say, hey, that used to be owned by a Jew, and he's going to think that you're allowed to sell a large animal to a Gentile. Now, Rabbi Huda, Mata Bishvura, Rabbi Huda allows you to sell a broken, maimed animal to a Gentile. That's because the Gentile is going to shecht it right away, and we're never going to come to the stage where it's grown up, and a person's going to think that he's allowed to sell a large animal to a Gentile. And Ben Becerra, Mata Ben Becerra allows you to sell a horse to a Gentile, this is specifically talking about a riding horse. That's because a riding horse is not able to do any malacha, and the only iser of riding a horse on Shabbos is iser drabanan anyway, because you might end up breaking off a branch. So therefore, to aser selling a riding horse to a gentile would mean that we have to enact two isurei drabanan. Don't sell him a horse because maybe you're going to lend it to him, and then he's going to ride it on Shabbos. But even riding it on Shabbos is only an iser drabanan, and that far we don't go, says Ben Becerra. Now the next part of the Mishnah is what we're going to be discussing in the Gemara. Makam a place where they have the minog to eat roasted meat on the night of Pesach, Eichlin, then they are allowed to do so. But Makam Shanagu Shaloylechel, a place where they have a minog not to eat roasted meat the night of Pesach, Ein Eichlin, they do not do so. That's because it looks like they're eating the carbon Pesach, and eating the carbon Pesach outside of Yerushalayim at the time where we wouldn't have the base of Mikdash, that is not allowed. And the Gemara says, Amrav Yehuda 
Amarav, Adam a person is not allowed to say, Basr Zela Pesachu, this meat is for Pesach. It looks like he's being Makdish his animal, he's eating Kachim outside the base of Mikdash, so don't say this meat is for Pesach. Amarav Papa, Thafka Basar, that's only with meat. But if he says this wheat is for Pesach, that's not a problem. The Minter, Amar, he's saying, I'm watching it and I'm waiting for Pesach so I can use it for my matzah. And we don't have to assume that what he means is that he's going to take this wheat, he's going to sell it, use that money and buy an animal and use that animal for Karim Pesach. That far, we don't think he's talking about. When he says, this wheat is for Pesach, that means it's for my matzah. Now the Gemara asks, is there really an issue saying that this meat is for Pesach? We have a steer from Rabbi Yisrael. Um, Rabbi Rabbi says the following. Now it's important to remember that Rabbi Yisrael says this because on Amad Beis, we're going to have a shita that it's Rabbi Shimon that says this. But for now we say, um, Rabbi Yisrael says, Taitis Ish Rami, Taitis, who is a very important Jew of Rome, Hinegas Bnei Rami, he accustomed everyone in Rome, Lachol Gedim Mikulasim Belele Psachim, to eat which is a goat which is roasted exactly the way the Karim Pesach was roasted. They would take out the insides and put it on a spit and roast it all together. They would eat that the night of Pesach. Shalchulah sent a message to Taidais. Ilmali Taidaisat, if you are not Taidais, Gazarnu Allah Nidui, we would put you in Khairim, Shatamachis Shal Kachim Bukhut, because you're feeding all the Jews Kachim outside the base of Mikdash. The Gemara is Kachim Salkadaitach. Do you really think that he was feeding them actual Kachim, real Karbanas outside the base of Mikdash? Obviously he wasn't doing that. Ella Ema, so what can we say he was doing? Nun Gimlar base on the top. It's very close, it's very similar to serving B'nai Yisrael Kachim outside the base of Mekdash, and that's a problem. So what do we learn from there? Makulas in. Only if it's Makulas, it's being roasted exactly the way the Karim Pesach was. She'in Makulas loy. But if it's not being roasted exactly the way the Karim Pesach was roasted, so then it doesn't seem like there's a problem. It doesn't seem like we have an issue saying this meat is for Pesach, as long as you're not roasting it like the Karim Pesach. So the more answers, Amri, they say, Makulas loy shna amar, loy shna loy amar. If it's being roasted exactly the way the Karim Pesach was, it doesn't make a difference if he says this is for Pesach, or if he didn't say that, we're going to have a problem. If it's not being roasted like the carbon Pesach was, Pirish in, Loi Pirish Loi. If he specified this is for Pesach, then that's a problem. But if he didn't specify, he just took meat and he roasted it, then that wouldn't be an issue of eating that on Pesach night. Now, Rav Acha Masni Lolohamasisin Kreb Shimon. Rav Acha taught this Brisa, meaning this memor that we just mentioned, like Rav Shimon, meaning that it was Rav Shimon that had said it and not Rav Yaisi. But Maskevla Rav Sheshis, he asks, it makes sense that if the one that had mentioned this was Rabbi Yaisi, Nicha, that's okay. But if you're going to say that Rabbi Shimon was the one that taught this over, me, Nicha, does that make sense? But Tanan, we have a Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon, Paiter, Rabbi Shimon says that he's Pater, because he didn't dedicate it the way that people usually dedicate it. Now, what does that mean? When a person makes a two-part statement, do we focus on the first part or the second part? For example, Rashi explains, he says, I hereby donate a carbon mincha to the base of Mikdash from barley flour. Now, minchas nedava cannot be of barley flour. It has to be of wheat flour. The Tanakam holds Tfais Lush and Rishon. We follow the first part of his statement, and he really wants to bring a carbon mincha. He was simply unaware that it can't be from barley, and therefore he has to bring a wheat mincha. Whereas Abshimin argues and understands that also Tfais Lush and Achrain, that we pay attention to the second part of his statement. This person is serious about a barley mincha. And in addition to saying Tfais Lush and Achrain, Reb Shimon also holds, since he didn't dedicate the mincha the way it should have been dedicated, Shaloi Hisnadiv Kidar Hamisnadvin, he doesn't need to bring a carbon mincha at all. What do we learn from there to here? 
Same with roasting meat. Even if you were to say that this is for my carbon Pesach and really mean it, we wouldn't pay any attention because it's not the normative way to make something kachim, and therefore there should be no issue with saying this meat is for Pesach. So it doesn't really make so much sense to say that this member that we had just mentioned previously was quoted by Rabbi Shimon. It really makes much more sense to say that it was quoted by Rabbi Yaisi. But now, even according to the one that said this member in the name of Rabbi Yaisi, does it really make sense? Rabbi Shimon said this in the Shita of Rabbi Yaisi, meaning he was going like Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi says, that we even pay attention to the second part of a person's statement. My love, isn't it so? That if Rabbi Shimon holds like Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi nami sever like Rabbi Shimon. That Rabbi Yaisi also holds like Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Yaisi would say, since he didn't dedicate it the way that it should have been, so then, then we shouldn't pay attention to it. So it doesn't even make sense to say that Rabbi Yaisi said this statement. So the Gemara says, no. Loi, Rabbi Shimon sever like Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Shimon holds like Rabbi Yaisi, that twice lashen achroin. Veloi Rabbi Yaisi sever like Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yaisi doesn't hold like Rabbi Shimon. Meaning Rabbi Yaisi holds twice lashen achroin, but he doesn't hold of shaloi hisnadiv kider hamisnadvin. So therefore, it's very possible that Rabbi Yaisi did say this memra. Now going back to this memra, we mentioned this fellow Toydos, and he bailed who they asked. Toydos is Rami Gava Rabahava. Was he very chash of important person? Meaning he was a good guy. Or was he a man of the fist? Meaning was he a scary mafioso? And that's the reason why they didn't want to put him in Kherim. Tashma, we have a raya. Oidzu darsh tadisishrami. Even this... Tadis Ashrami, he darshan the following. Ma ro Hanani Mishal Vazaria, Shamasu Atma Kadushas Hashem, the Kivshana Ish. What did Hanani Mishal and Azaria see? Meaning, what did they darshan for themselves that they gave themselves over to be thrown into the fiery furnace? Nasu Kavacharim Ba'atzman, they made a Kavacharim for themselves. Mitzvardim, from the frogs in Mitzrayim. Umatzvardim, just like the frogs, Shain Mitzav and Kadushas Hashem, they were never commanded that they have to give up their lives. Al Kadushas Hashem, Ksivbehu, it says about these frogs, Uba'u Va'ol Vesecha, and they will come and go into your houses, Ubatanu Recha, and into your ovens. And into your kneading bowls. And when is it that a kneading bowl is found right next to an oven? That's when the oven is hot. So, what do we see from here? That they jumped into the ovens when they were hot and these frogs died. So, what did Hanani Mishal and Azariah say? We're commanded that we have to give up our life for Hashem. For sure, we should be thrown to a fiery furnace to be Makad Hashem Shemaim. So, if Titus Ishrami made such a drasha, it must be that he was a good guy, he was a chash of a person, and he wasn't a scary mafia. Also, Rabbi Yisib Bar Avin Amar, he says another wonderful thing about Tadis Ishraimi. He used to put merchandise in the pockets of the Tamid Chachamim. He didn't actually put merchandise into their pockets. That means he gave them merchandise so that they could do business with it, and that way they can make a nice parnasa. Then Rabbi Yechon, he says, Anyone that gives merchandise to Tamid Chachamim do business with it, he's going to be meritorious and sit in the yeshiva up high in heaven. Shinemar says in the Pasuk, For the shelter of wisdom, the shelter of of money. That means that when he gave a shelter of money to the Talmud Chachamim, he helped them out with his money, he's going to be able to sit in their shelter of wisdom up in the Yeshiva Shalmaila. And another Mishnah about Minhag. A place that has a minute to light candles on Yom Kippur in a person's bedroom, Madlikim, so then they should light candles. But a place that has a minute not to light candles in a person's bedroom in Madlikim, do not light candles. They do light candles in the base Knesset and the base Magish. And in dark alleys, and above sick people, so they could have light. And the Gemara says, Tana, whether they said that you should light candles or you shouldn't light candles on the night of Yom Kippur, they both had the kavana for the same exact thing. 
Rashi explains, we all know that there's an Isra of Tashra Shamita, the night of Yom Kippur. So the ones that lit candles, their Cheshbin was, is that when there's a light in the room, you're not out of Tashra Shamita. So therefore, man and wife will not be Mishamash Mitasam. And the ones that didn't light candles, they figured that if we would light a candle, then husband and wife would look at each other, they would be attracted, and then they would want to be Mishamash Mitasam. Therefore, don't light candles, so therefore, there won't be any Tashra Shamita. However, they had the same exact Havana. Am Rabbi Shua, Darsh Rava, Rava Darshan, Va'amech Kulam Tzadikim. Your nation is entirely righteous. They will inherit the land forever. What does this mean? Whether they said like candles or don't like candles, they both had kavanah for the same exact thing, and that's why the Pasuk is calling them everyone's righteous because they all have the best of intentions. And once we mentioned lighting candles on Yom Kippur, we do not make bracha on fire except for Amatzi Shabbos. That's because fire was created on Amatzi Shabbos. And and the following elderly man said to him, Vitema Rabba Rachana, some say it was Rabba Rachana, Yasher. Wonderful. Thank you. That's a great halacha. And Rechina Rabbi Yechanan and Rabbi Yechanan said the same thing. And now we have a story about this. Ula have a rachav chamer v'azel. Ula was riding a donkey and going along the way. V'have a shaka v'azel. Rabbi Abba miyamine. And Rabbi Abba was going along the way on his right side. Rabbi Abba Mismali. And Rabbi Abba was going along the way on his left hand side. Amrle Rabbi Abba Ula. Rabbi Abba addressed Ula and he said, Vati dam risu mishmed Rabbi Yechanan. Is it true what's said in your name that you quoted Rabbi Yechanan saying the following? And now in your name is not just Ula. It's Ula. And Rabbi Rabbi Chana were quoted saying the following halacha in the name of Rabbi Yechanan. You only make a bracha on fire Matzah Shabbos since that's when it was created. Now it happened. Hadar Ula Ula turned. He looked at Rabbi Rabbi in a very upset manner. He obviously was very upset about something. Rashi explains that Ula was upset that this memra was quoted in his name that he had said this in the name of Rabbi Yechanan and it must be that really Rabbi Rabbi said it and that's why he gave Rabbi Rabbi this look. Amrle Rabbi Rabbi told Ula I know Lava Amri I didn't say it on that Elaha Amri I quote Rabbi Yechran about something else. There was someone that taught a bride in front of Rabbi Yechran. Rabbi Shem ben Elazar Rabbi Shem ben Elazar says, When Yom Kippur falls out on Shabbos, even in a place where they usually do not light candles in their bedroom, on Yom Kippur, they do light it on this Shabbos, Shabbos, because of Kavit Shabbos. And Rabbi Yechran answered after him, still say it's Aser. And that's exactly what I quote Rabbi Yechran saying. And Amr Lay and Uli responded to him, This shall be, meaning I agree with you. And Karele Rabbi Yasef, Rabbi Yasef said about this following exchange, Maima Mukim, Eitz Ablave Ish, Deep water is the advice in a man's heart. Nun dalaramadalf on the top. The ish tevuno yidlena, and a man of understanding will draw it out. What does that mean? Maima mukim eitz The deep water is the advice in a man's heart. Zeula, that's ula. He was upset about something, but he didn't say. He didn't express what he was upset about. He just looked at Rabbi Rachan in a very upset way. That's what it means that it's deep in his heart. He just didn't express it. The ish tevuno yidlena. What does that mean? A man of understanding will draw it out. That's Rabbi Rachan that he understood what ula was upset about, and he was able to. To address exactly what Ula was frustrated about. And the Gemara asks, Ve'inu kamans of Ruan, who did they hold like? Rashi explains that Ula and Rabbah definitely knew that there was a member of the name of Rabbi Yechanan that you should make a bracha on fire, Matzim Kippur. So who was that member said in the name of? Kihada Amar, Rabbi Yon Bar Yefes, Amar Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yon Bar Yefes said in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, Mavarchan al-Ur, Bein b'Matzim Shabbos, Bein b'Matzim Kippurim, do you make a bracha on fire, whether it's Matzim Shabbos, or Matzayim Kippur. And that's exactly what we do. Now the Gemara has Mesve, or Shabbos. We only make a brach on fire on Matzayim Shabbos. That's because that's when it was created. And the moment you see fire on Matzayim Shabbos, you should make the bracha right away. And Rabbi Huda Imer, he says, you don't make a bracha right away. You have to organize it on a cup, meaning 
part of Havdalah is making a bracha on fire. said, What do we see from here? Everyone in this b'risa agrees that you only make a bracha on fire, Matzah Shabbos. And Rabbi Yechonin said, the halachas are Rabbi Yehuda, meaning Rabbi Yechonin agrees that you only make a bracha on fire, Matzah Shabbos, not Matzah Yom Kippur. So it seems to we have a stira, Rabbi Yechonin, Rabbi Yechonin. The Gemara answers, like Hashem, no stira. Kan Borsha Shabbos. The b'risa from Rabbi Yom Yefes that says that you do make a bracha on fire, Matzah Yom Kippur, that's talking about fire that was Shabbos. That means it was either lit before Yom Kippur and lasted the entire Yom Kippur, or it was lit on Yom Kippur Behetor. Let's say someone was very, very sick, so you're allowed to light a fire for them. That's called Ur Shavas, it rested on Yom Kippur, then you would make a bracha, Matim Kippur, on that fire. This other brasa is talking about fire that's coming out of sticks and stones, meaning a brand new fire that's lit on Motzei Shabbos. You would only make a bracha on that Motzei Shabbos, but not on Motzei Yom Kippur. And Tani Chada, we have one brasa that says, Fire that comes out of sticks and stones, you would make a bracha on that, but Tani Chada, you don't make a bracha on that. Seems like a stira. The Gemara answers, like Hasha, no stira. Once talking about Matzah Shabbos, then you'd make a bracha on a brand new fire that came from Eitzim Ravanim. Once talking about Yom Kippur, you do not make a bracha on that sort of fire. We're going to stop here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.